0: Welcome to the New Life Millbrook Weekly Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast or other resources, please visit nlmillbrook.com. All right, let's go ahead and pray, and we're going to go ahead and jump into the Word. Father, we just thank you for this day. God, that as we have been going on this journey of this year, God, that this is a year you have made. God, you, O Lord, are in charge of all things, in all seasons, of all people. And we just thank you that you, God, can do miraculous things. And we just claim for your blessings to be on our lives, God, as we chase after your way and your will in our lives, in your name. Amen. Last week we started this series, um, and uh, they're going to throw the graphic here on the screen for me. Um, But what we're talking about is we are here for life. Last week we talked about us as a church. We went through what the Holy Spirit does. Jesus is the well. We drink from the well of life. Once we have that, he tells us that we have a river inside of us so that we can nourish the world. We pray for the rains of revival. Amen. Praying for God to move in our land. And then lastly, we look for the 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 rest, the, the dew of Hermon. Like we're looking for that that mist to come through. And today we're gonna talk about I'm gonna talk about you. I want to talk about me. Everything today is about me. Somebody say it's about me. It's everything today is about you. Every single thing. So do not look for your neighbor or your spouse or your cousins. Don't look for your enemy. This is about you. Solely about you. This is the one time I'm going to look at you and be telling you be very, very selfish for the next however long we speak because this is all about you. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. We are here He is, the Holy Spirit is here for life in you. He wants life to happen in your life, that everything your hands touch prospers. He wants you to be blessed in the city. He wants you to be blessed in the field. He wants you to be blessed when you go in. He wants you to be blessed when you go out. He wants you to have favor with everybody. He wants you to hear his voice with clarity, with confidence. He wants you to know the plans and the purposes of God for your life. He wants you to have gifts that you cannot have by yourself. He is a gift giver, and we're looking for Holy Spirit on what he's doing in your life today. So let's back it up. In the book of Luke, go ahead and go to Luke chapter 24. This is where we see everything shift. This is where our, our, our whole world begins to be turned upside down. At this moment, Christ has come. He has rocked the world for three and a half years. He's done his thing, but it's solely been Jesus doing his thing. Well, now Jesus has been—he di- has died. He has risen again. He's walking the earth now, and uh, we are seeing what they thought was a ghost walking around on the earth. In Luke twenty-four, verse thirty-six, it says this. Now, as they had said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, peace to you. But they were terrified. Don't you love that when we do the exact opposite of what he commands over our lives? Be blessed, I'm broke. Have peace, I'm scared. They were terrified and frightened and supposed they had seen a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled? That's the funniest line in this entire thing. I watched you die and come back. What's the big deal, guys? Like, as if this is just a normal process to see somebody who has died to come back in life and walk where you are. And he's like, what's... Freaked you out. I I walked into my daughter's room. She was, like, zoned in on the TV. You have kids, you get that sometimes. They just get focused. I called, I called, I called. Sissy, McKenna, McKenna Grace, McKenna Grace. Like, you're escalating the words to... Nothing. And I walk into her room and I'm standing right behind her and I went, Hey. And when I tell you this, the blood left her face and she was startled, startled. And I looked at her, I'm like, I'm calling you. I didn't hear you. I'm like, I have been screaming. I said, Malachi, did you hear me? Like, I mean, like, he, you know, Mr. Peacemaker over there. and, And so he's doing his thing. And Jesus, is looking at them as if this is a normal process. Why are you scared? Why are you frightened? I was dead a couple of days ago. Who cares? Verse 39, Behold my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. For does a spirit have flesh and bones as I have? When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. Listen to this. But... While they still did not believe for joy and marveled and he said to them, do you have any food here? Mm -hmm. I walk in, have peace, you're scared, why are you scared? It's me, look at me, I don't believe you. You got any food? Okay, I believe you. (laughs) So he took, so they gave him a piece of boiled fish and some honeycomb and he took it and ate it in their presence. Then he said to them, "These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all the things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets." and the Psalms concerning me. He's taking us back through the Old Testament, saying everything that was prophesied about the Messiah is exactly what I had just taken place. Every time I, 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 had, I had to die, I had to be beaten, I had to, to be raised, like everything is exactly the way it's. Don't be afraid. Can I tell you, when everything looks lost, don't be afraid because it's exactly the way that it's supposed to be because what the enemy didn't realize was that it was a setup for God to do something big in the life. Sometimes in our lives, we have these moments that look like they're tumultuous, they look like they're chaos, they look like everything that could go wrong is going wrong, and God is laughing. The enemy is laughing, and we're kind of stuck because the enemy is laughing because he thinks he won, God is laughing because he doesn't realize he's got checkmate, and what's taking place right now is Jesus is saying, it all had to happen this way. It may not have been your way, but it was important. And here's the big thing, and this is why we miss so much. We feel like he had to die and go this way just so that we could go to heaven. That's incorrect theology. It had to be done this way. Now listen to this. And he opened their understanding now that they might comprehend what the Scriptures were saying. He said to them, thus it is written, and thus was necessary for Christ to suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are the witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. He had to go through this so that you could be who you are supposed to be. He went through all of those things so that you could be exactly who you're supposed to be today. Jesus came and he suffered and he died that you could get a gift. Not just eternal life, but an extraordinary supernatural life while the heart still beats in the very chest that you have right now love this it says this i will send the promise of the father in other words god promised something i'm going to send something you will receive something there's three things here that we have to look at there is a promise there is a process and there should be a performance Hear me out. The promise of the Holy Spirit was being sent. The process was to wait for said Holy Spirit. And then it says, the performance is, and you will have power. How will you know? Because you will have something new you will have an ability that you didn't already have. So what was this big promise? Joel chapter 2 if you have your bible go back to the Old Testament Joel chapter 2 verse 28. It says this and for time's sake I'll jump into it. And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters will prophesy your old men shall dream dreams there you go, Bob. Your young men shall see visions and on my maidservants and on my men servants. I will pour out my spirit. This is what he's promising. God says there's going to be a day that you will have this moment right here. Joel chapter 2 will happen. And Jesus is saying, I will send the promise of the Father. And this is where we jump to Acts chapter 2. Sorry, we we got scriptures today. We're going to blow through as many as we can. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 16. On the day of Pentecost is fully come. They were in one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Verse five. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men of every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred the multitude came together, and they were confused because they heard them speak in his own language. And when they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? In other words, aren't these rednecks? These are fishermen, these are goodens. How are they speaking all these languages? And how is it that we hear each in our own language which we are born? Parithians and Medes and Alamalites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judah and and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Ferga and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene and visitors of Rome, both Jew and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. We all hear them speaking in our own tongue the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What? Ever could this mean? Others mocked. They're full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the other eleven, raised his voice and said to the men of Judah, Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words, for these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. Because Fishermen don't get drunk in the middle of the day. But this (laughs) this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in those days. Peter is confirming that the promise of the Father is here. Jesus said, I will go and I will send a promise that God gave you. That promise is found in Joel 2. Peter is saying that promise is now here. And here's the thing that has bothered me. Why? Why did he have to take from Joel chapter 2 to Acts chapter 2 to have that encounter? Why couldn't God just send Holy Spirit back then? Why couldn't we have this encounter for all of these hundreds and hundreds of years since the prophetic word was given? I've been chewing on that and chewing on that and chewing on that. Why did we have to wait for Christ? And here's the thing that I kind of came to, and this is it. When we look at the Old Testament, Jesus, God would send His Spirit to fill up the temple. The temple was with very specific specifications. Everything had to be done in a very specific, sanctified, and holy way. Are you with me? In fact, Solomon built the temple, and it wasn't until after everything was completed and it was consecrated that then the Holy Spirit filled the temple. God's Spirit filled the temple. Which tells me this. God's Spirit can only dwell in holy places. This is why when John looks at Jesus and says he is filled, filled with the Spirit beyond measure, it is because Jesus was the only available holy place on the earth that could hold the Spirit of God. Because God will not be tainted with issues. Are you with me? Jesus came filled with the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, we see that the Spirit of God hovered over something. The Spirit of God blessed something. But Jesus is the only one that was filled beyond measure with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because Jesus was the only pure temple that could host the Holy Spirit. Because we're all full of sin. Dead in our trespasses. Fallen in all of our iniquities. And this is where it gets to. Jesus came, he lived, he died, and was resurrected for two things. Multiple things, but we'll we'll, we'll talk about three right now. A, for your salvation. B, for your sanctification. And C, now that you can be filled with his spirit. Romans chapter 8 says it like this. the righteous requirement of the law would be fulfilled in who? In us. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh have set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. And I find this so interesting because what took place just a few decades before this was written was that people were full of sin. People were full of issues, and now Jesus comes and sanctifies you. Can I tell you something? God does everything with purpose and on purpose. So the why hits. Why now? Why of all of this time, why now? Jesus came and died that you, as First Peter says, could be holy. Be ye holy this is not jumping through hoops and this is where we see the war taking place this is where we have a big issues in our minds is how can i be a person who is still sinning and yet claim to be filled with god's spirit who is only able to dwell in perfect holy uh, uh, temples has anybody else struggled with this And this is where so many of us get caught up. We have the thought that I can't do this and do this. Paul says, I do what I don't want to do. I don't do what I do want to do. I'm struggling on a regular basis. He calls one thing a thorn in his, the flesh is a thorn in his side. We're going through these issues of life. We sin, but we're holy. It doesn't make sense. And this is why. You were dead in trespasses. You only had one option and that was flesh. You only thought about flesh. You only thought about carnal things. You only thought about sinful things. You only dreamed about sinful things. You dreamed about selfish things. You dreamed about prideful things. Everything you did was continually geared towards the flesh. You could do good deeds, but even those were probably dripping with some form of flesh. Are you with me? Once Christ came into your life, you were awakened with a new spirit. And this is what happens. Just because you have a new spirit doesn't mean that the old man is evacuated immediately. Can anybody testify to that? I can't tell you how many times in my life I came up for an altar call and before I got back home I'd already sinned again. With the same thing I repented of. This is why we have to, as the word says, put to death the deeds of the flesh. Notice, you put to death the deeds of the flesh. You couldn't do that before you were filled with the Holy Spirit. Here's what we're going to say Every man, woman, and child who receives Christ as their Lord and Savior can have the Spirit of God inside of them, yet not be filled with the Holy Spirit. But not every person who is filled with the Holy Spirit cannot be saved. To be filled with the Holy Spirit, you must be purified. But here's what we're seeing so many times, is we see this issue take place. We have people who love Acts chapter 2, and people are praying in tongues, and they're laying hands on the sick, and they're recovering, and we're casting out devils, and we are boom, 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 boom. It's great. Love it. And then we have this other side that focuses on the holiness aspect putting to death the flesh, killing everything that is evil, stopping sin in its tracks, moving forward with only holiness. And then we, we have this holiness movement and we have this power movement. Can I tell you what God wants? Them put together. He's wanting them to come together because the Holy Spirit is meant to do two big things. He's meant to be an internal power that makes you holy and an external power that makes you a witness. Holy Spirit is an internal ability that he has given you. He is inside of you that has the ability to put to death the deeds of the flesh, to kill it to its, to its core, and to become from glory to glory, from grace to grace. You have the ability to move forward in the things of God like you never did before. We tried, we failed. We tried, we failed. But here's the great thing about the Holy Spirit is every time we try and every time flesh rises up, we have the ability to cast it down. You didn't have that before Holy Spirit. At best, you had behavior modification. At best. Behavior modification does not equal holiness. If behavior modification equaled holiness, the Pharisees would have been amazing. They would have been filled with the Holy Spirit. No. The Holy Spirit filling with you should change your behavior But can I tell you, God's wanting us to not be one of two extremes. Jesus was holy and full of power. God is wanting you to be holy and full of power. He is wanting you to be filled with His Spirit to a place that you can do impossible things on the inside and impossible things on the outside. That everybody else who's still struggling with the same issues for the past 15, 20, or 30 years that I have the ability to do. Yet, struggling with unforgiveness, the Holy Spirit comes in and empowers you to forgive. Dealing with shame, dealing with guilt, dealing with issues, the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit, has the ability to give you the power to be broken free. Generational issues, alcoholism, being a drug addict, going through all of these issues because who the Spirit sets free. The Son sets you free. You're free. And the Holy Spirit has come to empower you to exercise that freedom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And on top of that, he wants you to do impossible things. He wants you to do weird things. Kind of put it that way. If, if, have you ever had that question asked to you, like, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? You know what I'm talking about? Like, my kids asked me that question. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? Some people would say, I would fly. Some people say, I would run super fast. I would deal with invisibility or uh, mind control or turn, be able to control time. Y- y'all know what I'm talking about. Like we watch watched Marvel movies or whatever it is and you think how cool it would be to have an eye. Here's what's cr- crazy to me is this, is that in our minds, if I saw somebody flying through the air, would I not go, well, that's weird. Anybody else? Or you'd be like, eh, yeah, that makes sense. Can I tell you, if Missy Lane came up, she sends you a text from her house, and she's like, hey, I'm on my way, and in 0. .00023 seconds she showed up at your house because she ran really fast, you'd be like, eh, it's about right." No. You'd be like, whew, sign her up for the combine. I mean, she got NFL draft right here. If Nathan showed up here one day, and somebody's ball got kicked onto the gym, and he goes, I got this, and he just jumps all the way on top of the gym and jumps it off, you would be like, yeah, it makes sense. No. Can I tell you, that'd be weird. But weird doesn't mean evil. Weird means peculiar. The Bible says that you are called to be a peculiar people. It's supposed to make people go, what in the world was that? One thing that's taken place in our society is that we have tried to explain the, the weirdness of the Holy Spirit away. And if I can't get up and give you five verses to explain it, then it's not real. It must be just emotion. But can I tell you Holy Spirit is one to do things in your life that even you can't explain. You are called to be a witness and have signs and wonders. But what are you witnessing? An event? Is that the thing you're supposed to be? I'm witnessing an event. How many of you watched Jesus die and came back to life? I can't get up and testify of something that I wasn't a part of. Is that fair? We have some law enforcement that that go to church here. They can't just call me and be like, hey, dude, I need a witness. Can you just like say you saw this guy? No. Cross-examination is going to say, where were you? And I'm going to be like, "I was in my office. So you weren't in Montgomery. No. So how do we witness? Let me tell you what you witness. You witness the un- know, sorry, You witness the life-changing power that happened in your life. That's the thing you are a witness to. You don't go back in time 2,000 years and be like, I can testify that Jesus died and rose again because I saw him. But you can testify Jesus died, rose again, filled you with the Spirit because you see you. You see you. Come on, somebody. If you've been saved for 20 years and you're in the same spot you were, I'd ask yourself that question. Are you, have you been saved for 20 years? Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23 tell us what the fruit, the evidence of being filled with the Spirit really is. Do you have love more than you did last year? Joy, peace, patience, kindness. Do you have the fruit of the Spirit activated in your life? Or are you just as angry, bitter, and, and victimized as you were 20 years ago? Too heavy? God did not send Jesus to come live and die just so you could get to heaven. He came, he lived, and he died so that you could for the first time in history have the ability to be holy, to house his spirit, to be a witness. Put it this way. The Father sent the Son. The Son sent the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit sends you. The Father sends the Son. The Son sent the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit sends you. Our role for receiving Holy Spirit now in our personal lives. Is the same as it was back in Luke 24. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. We see He sent it in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 14. We see that He has done all the things that He has done. And now He gets to a place where we personally recognize the need for said filling of the Holy Spirit. Again, you can be saved, you can go to heaven, you can have it's the same, there's not a Holy Spirit heaven in just a a Jesus heaven? Okay? If I receive Christ as my Lord and Savior today, and I never receive the filling of the Holy Spirit, I don't get a side gate, and everybody else, what's the secret password? And you pray in tongues to get inside. That's not, there's not like a spiritual speakeasy where you have to have a secret code to get inside. Hmm. No. But what we do do is that we have the ability to have an empowerment on this life right now. Jesus coming and dying was about two things. It was about you going and having eternal life and having an experience here on earth with power, Mm -hmm. with might, being made holy. Amen? Amen? So let's, I think we can all agree real quick on the need for Holy Spirit in our lives. For many of you guys, mine included, we have limited the Holy Spirit's need in our lives to become a better Christian, to being a better person, to not sinning as much, not lying as much, not dealing with lust as much, not dealing with greed as much, whatever it is. And that's, that's good, and that's admirable. But that's not where it stops. In 1 Corinthians fourteen fourteen, the writer says this, For if I pray in a tongue... My spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. So what is the conclusion then? For I will pray with the spirit, and I will also pray with understanding. I will sing with the spirit, and I will also sing with understanding. Peter, why do you pray in tongues? Praying in tongues for me is this is it has nothing to do with looking cool, because you look weird. Mm -hmm. But what happens in my life is this. I find myself getting out of alignment sometimes. Does everybody else have their back get out of alignment? And you go to a chiropractor and it knocks you back in. You know what I'm talking about. You can feel that, oh, release. A lot of times in my life, I know something is going on, but I just can't put my finger on it. Are you with me? Has it ever happened to you? You just... Maybe something in your gut is just troubled, or somebody says, can you pray for me? Or, or I'll, I'll, I'll see somebody and go, I really need to reach out to them, and I can't figure out what it is. And so what happens is, I, with my understanding, have no idea what's taking place. But can I tell you, God sees everything. And so when I have the ability to pray in the Spirit, praying in tongues, what I am doing, actually, is I'm not conjuring up some magical spell. I'm not doing a fire dance to try to make something take place. You know what I'm doing? I'm aligning my spirit and my understanding. What you don't want to do is to pray in tongues and turn your head off. That's unfruitful and unproductive praying. I've done it a million times. All right, guys, it's time to pray. And I'm over here thinking about what am I going to eat for lunch today. My mouth's moving. I'm praying in tongues. I sound spiritual. My eyes are closed. I look spiritual, but my mind is nowhere connected to it at all. And the whole point is this: is that I pray in the spirit till I get understanding. Because what takes place is I will pray in the spirit. What's going on with EJ? What's going on with EJ? What's going on with EJ? God, I just think that EJ is blessed and that everything. And all of a sudden, I find myself praying in English over something that I didn't know about, and I start claiming or making declarations over her life that I wasn't planning on doing. Because what happens is is that as we pray in the Spirit, we edify ourselves, we are aligning ourselves, as Paul says, to be in proper order so that we can know what we're supposed to do. Praying in the Spirit is not the only evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. But for me, it's an important part of it because there's so many things that are going on in this world and i need peace about there are so many areas of my life where i'm asking god to do something and i don't know what i even need him to do i just need him to do something and i will find myself praying in the spirit praying in tongues if you will so that i can know there's not this and 5 minutes in tongues go there's no it's not spiritual cardio Praying in the Spirit is very purposeful. And for me, in my English language, praying in the Spirit is so that I can know, God, what are you doing? Because I want to get behind what you're doing with all of me. all Not just my spirit, but my mind, my will, and my emotions. I want to throw everything I have right to what you're pointing out. This is why being filled with the Holy Spirit is not a joke It's not just for this weird church that handles snakes and drinks weird Kool-Aid and they shave their heads and they chant. No. Being filled with the Spirit, for me, this is me, Peter Kova, new life, is that I may have the ability to put to death the deeds of the flesh and be empowered with the Spirit like I've never been before. I understand that right now in our world, praying in tongues, being filled with the Holy Spirit is not a topic that a lot of churches are talking about these days. Because we would much rather do it with our own understanding and leave God out of it. But can I tell you, there is an enemy in your life. There is an external enemy and an internal enemy. The enemy, the devil, walks around roaring like a lion, seeking who he can devour. The enemy within your flesh is a cancer on the inside trying to kill everything good inside of you. And you cannot let it live. And that does not go away with behavior modification. Can I... All right. People who struggled with lust on their computer, you can throw your computer away and still deal with lust. Have you looked at anything inappropriate on the internet? Nope. Honesty, everything's great? Nope but you're still dealing with issues in your heart. Just because I can send you to an island like Castaway doesn't mean you stop dealing with all these issues. Because wherever you go, you go. (laughs) And this is where we look at it and go, Holy Spirit, I need you in my life more than I've ever needed before because I want to have the springs of living water flowing out of me and not be bitter. I want the springs of living water flowing out of me not being tainted with other issues. God, I want to be holy not because I'm trying to earn salvation. I want to be holy not because I'm trying to get extra power. Like, I didn't tell three lies this week. I only told one so I get a little more Holy Spirit. That's not how it works. When you receive the filling of the Holy Spirit, you got him all at one time. But we constantly have to put to death the flesh to get it out of the way. Constantly. Constantly, constantly. It is not something passive. If you've ever had a goal trying to work out or get in shape, you can't take two weeks off. Does it happen to anybody? I'm just going to take the week off. I gained 18 pounds. Can I tell you, there is no off-season when killing your flesh. There's no off-season. Can I tell you why? Because he never takes an off-season. There's not a truce. And he goes, hey, can we just, you know, I I got a vacation. I'll come back in a month. You take a month off. We'll meet back, shake hands, and we'll fight again. No. Your flesh has been trained your entire life to be the way it is today. Think about that. How? Because you trained your flesh. You trained your flesh to be exactly the way you are today. Nothing can take place on the inside of you without your permission. Come on, I know that's not fun. I want to blame somebody else too, so badly. But since I made the mess and now I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, I have the ability to clean the mess. I'm not cleaning the mess so that God likes me more. I'm not cleaning the mess so that he loves me more. I'm not cleaning the mess so I can get extra ground a gold crown or that whenever I go to heaven, he can go, that's my boy. I'm not cleaning the mess so that I can have more power and, 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 and maybe you can you know, heal an arm, but I can raise the dead. I'm not cleaning up my mess because I'm trying to, y'all get this weirdness that we've kind of caught ourselves up to being. No, I'm cleaning the mess because I don't like the mess. Start with that. You're cleaning up the mess because you hate the flesh. If you were on an island by yourself and no one could ever see your sin, would you still hate your sin? Kill it. And as you're killing it, flow with the Holy Spirit. Every day wake up. Holy Spirit, today, speak through me. Use me. Give me wisdom that I normally wouldn't have. Let me see things that I normally couldn't see. Let me hear things that normally couldn't hear. Give me God ideas. Give me inventions. Give me connections. Give me power. God, if there's somebody who's sick and you want them healed, give me the, I think that you have the ability that raised Christ from the dead that dwells inside of you. All of these things that we constantly go through. God, opportunities. I'm seeking an opportunity. I'm seeking an opportunity. And the Holy Spirit is the ultimate bankroll that can fund your opportunity. He can always fund the opportunity that's presented to you by the Father. God sends the Son, the son sends the Spirit, the Spirit sends you. Let's be filled. And here's all we have to do. We ask. The Bible tells us that if any man if, if a good if a good a dad gives would give their son a good gift, how much more would God being a good father give you? If you've never received the filling of the Holy Spirit and you want it, you can get it after service. It's not that complex. You don't have to run. You don't have to do a cartwheel, you don't have to pay a membership, you just ask. And based on how we see in the Old Testament, I mean the New Testament, especially in the book of Acts, what typically took place, except for in Acts chapter 2, typically took place is somebody who was filled with the Spirit would pray for somebody who was asking for it, and there would be a a transferal of that into them. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to dismiss y'all in just a few minutes. Josh is going to put some music up here on the screen, on on the the thing. I'm going to have our, our prayer team come up. And if that's you and you want to be filled, come get it. It's that simple. Well, Pete, I sinned yesterday. I don't care if you sinned during my message. We can take care of everything. He's a good God who doesn't make us jump through unbelievable hard hoops to do something. Let's pray. God, we just thank you for this day. We thank you, God, that as we have the ability to do this, that you speak to us, you speak through us, that, God, those who are asking for a filling of the Holy Spirit in their lives, that, God, that I think that you're you're stirring their hearts to receive, that as they get ready to receive, God, that they don't have to come in full of shame or condemnation but God, I think that there should be an excitement in the atmosphere that something big is taking place inside of them, that the man, the woman, the struggles that they dealt with yesterday are no longer going to have to be uh, beating them over the heads, but they are going to be empowered with a weapon that can destroy the yoke of the enemy. That They are empowered with the ability to be everything you called them to be. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.